lunatics make the best people. So what if I'm crazy? The best people are. Exactly. Hello, people. Welcome to Phobia Phobia. Ah, fuck, we're recording. <laughs> you bitch, you didn't tell me. <laughs> this, is, this is the Maynooth University thing all over again. If Just you don't know what that is, random... go on to Ireland Simpsons fans and look it up. God, I love that so much. I was just in the middle of a goddamn rant about how I love Lovecraft, but he's so racist, and then suddenly it's like, oh, hi, welcome to the podcast. Goddamn. Oh, no, none of your Lovecraft bit was in. Don't worry. Okay. Uh, as you may have guessed, I like to torture this man. And this yep. man is Eddie. And I am Kaz. Oh, and shit, I don't I know why I said myself. that so backwards. <coughs> but hey, oh, yeah. we are on... Episode five. I also want to say five. Five sounds good. If it's not five, fuck it, it's five. We're on an episode. Mm. This is how um, me and my boyfriend decided on our anniversary. We couldn't remember when we first actually met. So we will. We first started talking on Halloween and then we actually, you know, went for coffee a few days later, but couldn't remember when. So we just went, ah, fuck it, 5th of November. We'll remember that. Yeah, that's, that it. works. Yeah. I'm really bad at remembering anniversaries, to be honest. Well, this is literally, I remember mine because it's the 5th of November. I, remember, I, I, remember. I couldn't tell you any previous anniversary. At all. I am awful. I am just like, nah. Who cares? I met this person at some point. Life happened. Oh, well, when it comes to things like that, there's plenty of room for error. Yeah, I mean... You see what I did there? No. So today's episode is on claustrophobia. <laughs> plenty of room for error. Oh, I was going to say something about it being a bit too close for comfort. Well, I fucked up your joke. Well, you've been doing that for the last... I don't know how many years at this point. Fool, I am the joke. <laughs> I am the joke. Yes, as Eddie like did try and say, um, today's today's episode, this week's episode, this fortnight's episode, is on claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. Claustrophobia, I, I like the word. It comes from Greek and Latin. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Mixing genres here comes obviously from phobia. Greek. Languages are genres now. Phobos, Greek phobia, um, and the Latin word claustrum, meaning a shut-in place. I'm going to assume that's where we get the English word a cloister. To be cloistered in something, do you know yeah. that would that would make sense? But I can't say claustrum without it sounding like colostrum. Oh, that's just the Northern Irishness. Yeah, so in my accent, I am talking about the Latin word for a shut-in place. I'm not talking about the uh, first feed that a baby gets after birth. <laughs> that, that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> so I'm talking about cloisters, which for some reason are religious now, aren't they? Like, to cloister oneself away? Well, yeah, like you talk about like a religious cloister, like in monasteries. I will be perfectly honest, I learned the word cloister from Final Fantasy X. I feel like there's cloisters in that pretty monastery where our friend lives. 
She's probably shouting at the at the uh, car radio right now while I'm saying what? that. Listening to this. She tends anyway, to do that. She does that a lot. But yes, so claustrophobia, I would say after arachnophobia or cholerophobia, one of the most common phobias out there. One of the most well-known, certainly. Do you happen to know the estimated percentage? I definitely did that level of research, and I absolutely know. It's between 5 and 10% of people. Which is pretty large when you look at, you know, the population of Earth. That's quite a lot of people. Now, you see, I am uncomfortable in enclosed spaces, but I have this weird kind of measurement for it. So uh, I'm fine up until the point where I cannot move my elbows. Oh, okay. Once my elbows are constricted, like, if I can't move my elbows more than an inch or two from my side, that's when I panic. And yet you can be in my tiny car. I live in a tiny oh. flat. Bitch, I live in a tin house. In a yep, field. There. In the middle of a storm. So if you hear any howling and shaking, my whole abode is currently rocking in the wind. If the abode's knocking, don't if the abode's rocking, don't come a knocking. I mean that could be what my in laws are thinking right now. Maybe they're like, Oh, we're not coming round, we can see that rocking. No, 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 there's a storm. Apparently they are blind to the weather. <laughs> they're blind to the weather. As that's all good parents are. Blind to the elements. Weirdly enough, this elbow thing, I specifically remember the moment in my childhood where I discovered that this freaks me out and makes me panic. Oh, do tell. Um, so in our hometown, there's, uh, there's like an outdoor activity center that a lot of kids go to during the summer. Yes. And, um, I remember I was a small child, well, I say small child, maybe like eight or nine. Um. Yeah, but you were, and, you were small. Like, you weren't a very big kid. I know, I was a wee boy. You're then not, I discovered, no, then no I discovered offense, beer and I'm not so wee anymore. You're, you're not the biggest man in the world, like, you know what I mean? You're not really tall. I believe I am what is known as a... I believe I am what is known as a twunk. What's a twunk? Is that like a, a mix between a twink and a hunk? Supposedly. Oh, did I did I get that right? You certainly did. <laughs> Check me getting the gay culture right. Mm-hmm. Us, us gays and our portmanteaus. That's uh, that's what my drama degree is for, guys. Stereotypes. But the um, we were playing. Do you know that parachute? game it's like a big rainbow parachute and yeah a lot of people would have played it in pe or gym class on yeah. rainy days yeah um so we were playing with one of those and i can't remember exactly what happened but i got tangled in it as in i somehow end up on like it was only like we all rushed under the thing at the very end and like let it fall on us and it was supposed to be hilarious mm-hmm. and i remember i think i like fell over or something and then when i tried to get up i like twisted and i ended up in essentially like a little like like bag, like a pocket and I could not get out and that was where like as soon as I tried to like stretch my arms like move my arms and I couldn't move my elbows just panic sat in and I believe it was also the first time I ever used a curse word (laughs) because this uh one of the kids was just I can't remember his name he was an arsehole and he started, like, I was freaking out. Everyone was trying to help me. The, like, course leader or whatever was, like, panicking, worried I was going to suffocate. And yeah, frankly, God love them. That, that kid was probably about 19, like, on a gap year from Australia or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of yanks, actually. 
And yeah, a lot, lot of Yanks, a lot of Aussies, a few Kiwis. And uh, we just uh, all the weird accented people, and we just mm, like I was stretching. But then this one kid, I remember, he made the snarky fucking remark, and I just went, "Shut up and help me, you bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> And when I got out and I was hyper fucking ventilating, I then got yelled at for using the word bastard. <laughs> oh no, you must have got one of the rare Christian types of so that leaders. Was, that was the, probably the first time I ever swore. And the first time I suffered from, well not suffered from, I experienced what I guess could be close to claustrophobia. Do you know, this is this is in no way the same fear, and I'm sure it's one we might touch on at some point in the future, but that same outdoor pursuit centre, <clears throat> um, years later, actually, so if you were about eight or nine, I would have been about maybe 12, 13, 14. Mm-hmm. We knew each other, but um, I was definitely in secondary school because it's how I became like particular friends with um Sav. So oh, yes. uh we we were on the same course, like the like the teenager version of the like the adventure thing. And that's where I had one of my absolute worst experiences in my life of being scared of heights. I am terrified of heights. Oh acrophobia. Yeah, yeah. I imagine we'll touch on that at some point. Cannot do it. Cannot do heights. I was on as you say, you were doing the parachute thing. I was on this... Um, are, you ta- are you going to talk about the zipline? No, no, it wasn't the zipline. It wasn't the zipline. It hmm. was... Um, I'm. It, it Bizarrely. It was what's called the high-level ropes course. I remember that. And there's a big X on the course. Like, So you're up, I don't know how many feet higher up. It feels like a billion, right? I'm short, by the way, listeners. <laughs> I'm... Uh, Five foot um, two point nine inches tall. Not that you're counting. Not that I'm counting, but uh, I'm pretty short. And this thing is an X, like floating over space. I'm fairly certain there's a safety rope, and you are harnessed in. Like, there absolutely is, yeah. There, you're absolutely harnessed in, and I'm fairly certain there is a guide rope going across. But the point is, this this big rope X's like there's a so there's. There's a point where it decreases and decreases and decreases and decreases. Your hand holds. And then it increases again. And I... Getting to the middle of that is fucking terrifying. Yeah, well, I got just about to the middle and I got stuck. Because I was so terrified, I didn't know what to do. And Sav... This is actually true. um, Mm -hmm. In the park, a bit further down the hill, there was some sort of concert on. It was the summer. And someone was playing... Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. I fucking hate that song. Yeah, so does she. Um, however, she's a genius. And we'd known each other for at least a year. I can't remember if we, I'd just finished my first or second year of high school. But we'd been in one class with each other for those two years. We, we were always in Irish class together. Mm. So she didn't... We knew each other, but we, didn't really, we, we wouldn't have been friends, you know? And... Uh, she just kind of went, right, focus on the song, focus on the song, listen to Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash will help you, and got me across this thing. And, you know, along with you, you two are jointly my best friends on the planet. 
Um, if we could fuse, we would. The technology's still a couple years away. Yeah. And the funny thing is, a little over a year ago, her and I did a, a zombie run, which was like a an outdoor race thing where you're being chased, obviously, by people dressed as zombies. But it was in another outdoor pursuit centre and you're literally running through bogs and climbing up hills and doing mad shit. And one of the challenges was to jump down this slide, which was essentially a free fall. Yeah. Into um, a lake. And it was this time, give or take a couple of days, last year. It was freezing. This is Northern Ireland. So you had to plunge down this very high drop into freezing cold water. And you can bet your ass that girl was beside me singing Johnny Cash. <laughs> That's really sweet. <laughs> she is a sweetie. She is a sweetie. I um well that's actually the opposite of falling into a ring of fire. Plunging into an icy cold pool. Yep. It was, it I was like so point cold that, I nearly peed myself. Like that's how cold it was. I would also like to point out that Sav's dad works in a different outdoor activity center. Look, we grew up by mountains. There's a lot of outdoor pursuits. <laughs> yeah. My old climbing instructor worked at the same one, and he told me that before I was born, my dad also worked there, so talk about a small time. Well, the one that we, we were both talking about there, my brother worked there for a long time. And your Sav's brother, who, brother. Your brother who also <laughs> went to the same uni as me. And Sav's brother worked there too. You didn't go to the same uni, you went to uni in the same city. Oh, uh, he went to UCOM, didn't he? It was not called that when he went. That's what I called it. <laughs> It's called St. Martin's when he went. Probably should leave this for when we actually do acrophobia, but I'm just going to wonder. So la uh, last year, Gaz and I uh, went to Spain, as we often do when we can both afford it. Um, Rarely it happens. <laughs> and her boyfriend and I did like a treetop obstacle course thing that I thought was like one of, it was one of the best days of that year. And you didn't do it. Is it because of that? Um. Hmm. No, I'd um I'd hurt my shoulder. You know the way I have a I have a dodgy arm, as uh as my sister-in-law calls it a spack wing. Um, I have a a damaged shoulder, and for some reason, every time I go to Spain, I think it's a change in heat. Every time, every time I go to Spain, there will be one day I will wake up and my shoulders in agony. That makes sense. And like it won't. There's times when it won't work. Won't hurt the whole rest of the year. Hmm. And then randomly, I will wake up in Jill's house and be like, "Jill, help me! I can't move my arm." I think um, I point. I think I would stick that out to like you're more dehydrated than you're used to being. Even if you are drinking plenty of water, your body just isn't used to losing that much. Because like, no, do you know what? I I actually think it's the change in temperature. Like an old lady. Oh, I see. My, like, I, my... I have a lot of friends who, when they go to like hotter climates, they like experience like leg cramps and stuff. And oh it, yeah, it, no, I I would get that if I was yeah if I was hungover or whatever in Spain, I get terrible leg cramps. But mm. bear in mind the amount of water I do drink on a regular basis, and then when I go to Spain, like I will down many two liter bottles. I drink a lot of water. When when you guys were drinking beer, I was drinking water. I was also drinking water, but just yeah, but I wasn't drinking beer. Yeah, fair. That's a lot of water. <laughs> anyway, um, but yeah, no, I hurt my arm. Um, but I would have, I would have shot myself. 
looking at looking at what you guys did and there's videos somewhere of it and I, I couldn't have done it. I would have been I would have been all you know, pomp and all saying, Yeah, I can do this, but I couldn't have done it. <laughs> Oh, it was so much fun. But uh, back on topic, sorry. Back on topic, um, claustrophobia. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. you were the one who wanted to discuss claustrophobia because this is your week. Um, mm -hmm. Is there any reason why? Any particular experiences? Or? I would not say. It's funny you say, you know, obviously you have a limit of what is small. Mm. I'm actually not claustrophobic. Like, I find... No. I'm, I'm used to being in quite small spaces with... I get frustrated by small spaces, but I don't get scared. Okay, yeah, that's, well, I suppose it's technically still a phobia, but that's a, a frustration. But it's so, a frustration uh, where I'm just like, ah, for fuck's sake, well, there's so much, ah. You just, um, you just don't like being restricted. But right. even then, it's only, it's it's not, I, I absolutely can say I am not claustrophobic. I have, you know, I have the smallest bedrooms, the smallest rooms in halls and uni, and nah. But I find it fascinating because there's things that I... It's something that I've never experienced. I, ha I, I don't think I've ever actually experienced claustrophobia. Um, but I have encountered people experiencing it, if that makes any sense. Mm, yeah. And I find it... It's so alien to me. So I'm really interested in it because I I am just like imagine the 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 first time I actually realized someone I knew suffered from claustrophobia was when I was in university and um my folks came to visit me one set of them there are many parents in my life mm -hmm. um my folks came to visit me and at the time I lived you remember my halls there was a essentially a tar block Oh God, and you, there like, were 21 floors and I was on the 20th floor. Yes, I do remember. So that. not only was I on the 20th floor, I was on the 20th floor in a really small room, which just about had room for a single bed and had a teeny, teeny ensuite attached to it, which is about the size of a shower cubicle, really. Hmm. So everything was pretty compact. It didn't bother me, like particularly at all. But um, my stepmom came round and I'd never really realised how claustrophobic she was until she saw the lift. And the lift was pr a pretty tiny lift. Remember those lifts? They yeah, were tiny like, and they were trash. And they were they were slow as all hell. Yeah, I mean, they you knew you were going up 20 floors. You felt every floor. And, you know, I remember it opening in between floors and stuff. Hmm. And opening and then dropping down a foot. So you had to kind of climb out. Like it was super unsafe. Hey. <laughs> but um, she saw the lifts. And she was like, no, I'm not going. I'm not, I, I trust your flat's nice. I trust your apartment's nice. I'm not going. Goodbye. I'll see you in a restaurant. She wow. couldn't. She couldn't do it. God bless her. She couldn't do it. I think maybe it's got worse as she's got older. But I'd never encountered it before. And I was, what, 20, 20-ish at the time? And I remember just being baffled. Like, my issue with that place and those lifts was that I thought the lifts were going to fall and I thought I was going to die. Actually, that's not true. I knew I was going to die. <laughs> it was just a It was a certain time. certainty. Every time I got in the lifts, I was going to die. Um, I think every time I got into those lifts, I was drunk, so I never really cared. 
Yeah, fair. Well, was, you know, I lived there for a year, so I wasn't drunk all the time. Really? I was in my first year again. It, it, well, I wasn't first year, I was in second year. Oh, Christ, yeah. Yeah, I had to do some work of second year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, it's always stuck in my mind as being just this completely alien experience to me, and I've always been fascinated by it. And I don't know if... Because I would have always thought that the reason I wasn't particularly claustrophobic was my height. Because I'm quite short. But she would be shorter than me. Well, you see, that's interesting. So um, I find like... that really interesting. Like, my boyfriend thinks my old house, the house I, that I've just moved from, he used to say how small it was. And I never it was thought narrow. it was small. I wouldn't say it was small. I considered it narrow, but that's probably because I'm a fat bastard these but days. I'm, I'm much fatter than you. And I didn't consider it small because I was always looking up at everything because I'm short and it had really high ceilings. Like it was an old fashioned house. Those ceilings were, you know, I don't know, eight foot tall or something. Hmm. I don't know how tall ceilings are, by the way. I have no idea. Uh, Did you ever ask your stepmom about this? Did you ever like question her about her? Or... Not really. Not, not, not like interview, like what the fuck was that? But, what like, was you that ever, about, like, woman? No, you ever, like, follow up. It's, and it's odd because it's it's popped up since, mainly because I tend to live in tiny places. Um, I mean, has she ever been in like your car? As you said, your car is quite She's small. been in my car. Um, I think she likes my car aesthetically because my car is incredibly aesthetically pleasing. I drive yeah. a Fiat 500, everyone, and it is beautiful. But Again, this is not a sponsored anything. It is, it is a bitch and she, she does what she wants to do. Quite a lot of the time, she doesn't want to work properly. Um, but she I plays by her it. own rules, which is alarming for a vehicle. Well, that's why she's called Christine. Oh, uh, yeah. Stephen she's King. a little yeah. red vintage car that does what she likes and can kill you if she wants. Can you tell something about this episode, by the way? I have a little tiny, tiny pause. Pause from all the on-topic talking we're doing. Wait, going off-topic? We never do we that. We never do that. I have something to inform you about about tonight. Um, okay. I am halfway through a gin. I'm on my second beer. Yeah, but I don't think I've ever drunk when we've been recording before. <laughs> really? I think I've only not drunk once when we've been recording, and that was the one time we recorded on a Thursday afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> no, I am. Um, I, uh, but this isn't a commiseratory... Commis what? Is that a word? Would you like to try that again? I don't know what the word is. I don't know what the right word is. <laughs> Commisitory. Commisitory? Commisimisimisim? <laughs> um, this is not a sad drink. <laughs> I've had a successful day at work for the first... It feels like for the first time in forever. Um, so I was like, do you know what? I'm going to have some of my gin that I hadn't opened. I got given this bottle in August as a moving in present for moving into my tiny tin house. And I haven't opened the bottle yet. So it's lovely. I've forgotten the name of it. It's Scottish. That's all I remember. Fair enough. Just and I to all the listeners, the entomophobia is, so far has been the only episode we recorded where I wasn't drinking through it. And, and uh, the claustrophobia has been the only episode where I have been drinking. Let's see how this melts. Hmm. 
I'm not drunk. I literally opened a beer just before we started recording. Oh, yeah, but also I'm the world's biggest lightweight. Oh, yes, I remember. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. My, I've actually got worse. You know the way when you when you start drinking at about definitely legal age of drinking? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> you're really bad at drinking and you're like, oh, I'm so pissed after three beers. I'm worse. I actually, as I age, I am worse at drinking. I think because I drink less often. So if Carl sounds a little bit pissed towards the end of this episode, you'll know why. Yeah, I'll have finished a whole gin. Oh my god. Uh-huh. Slow down there, bucko. It's Monday afternoon. It's, it's definitely not Monday afternoon. It's half past eight. I sleep in a lot, okay? <laughs> hey, look, 12 hours ago, I was already working, so... 12 hours ago, I was thoroughly unconscious. Mm. Oh, to be unconscious. Anyway... So, so, I read something really interesting when I was looking up claustrophobia. Mm-hmm. And, like most phobias, anytime you look at something that says causes, it goes, traumatic experience. That's true for most phobias, yeah. And you can tell me if this is true of most phobias, or if it was just this one article read it, or this one article had it in an interesting place. Um, um, there's a theory that claustrophobia is related to dysfunction of the amygdala. Well, the amygdala is responsible for our fear response. So is that... I, I assume that that's all phobias. Man, if there's a dysfunction of your amygdala, it's... Not, not only... But, well, a dysfunction of the... Well, I think that's where the quote-unquote irrationality comes from. Mm. No, it's literally just, a, um, as you said in the first episode, it's an overreaction. It's an overreaction. But I've never actually thought of it in such... Of any phobia in... Um, what, what is the word I am looking for? In such chemical terms? Well, I mean, it's... um. Which it obviously is, because your brain is just a big lump of electric meat with chemicals in it. I do remember you referring to their brain as electric meat, and I had to take like a smoke break to be like, did she just, I need to process that. I was not wrong. Your well, brain well, one, was electric one meat. One of the reasons why one of the like, uh, shortness of breath is an effect of a fear response um, is because the amygdala also controls respiratory function. Hmm. See, this is why I'm friends with you. You tell me all the good facts. Well, I mean, it also controls uh, blood pressure, which... Makes and sense. And then with the release of adrenaline, that also means, like, obviously, your body's going to overdrive, trying to figure out whether it's going to fight or fly. Fight. Always fight. You can't punch a Just, small space. I can. I can punch anything. Just reminding me of like the mnemonics to remember Pokemon weaknesses. We're fighting as strong against dark. So it's like, are you afraid of the dark? Punch it. <laughs> I, th- I think that was a Jello Ocalypse video. Look, <laughs> everything can be punched if you try hard enough. I've taken lately to punching my oven. I haven't. I. This is actually true. I would have straight up believed you. No, I got new glasses, and it turns out that I have an astigmatism. Actually, in both eyes, I have two astigmatisms. I don't know what the fucking... You are just falling apart. I'm not. I'm actually getting fixed. This is the point. So, (laughs) for so long, I've had... I just had my prescription for my glasses, which were, like, the, the vision and not compensating for the astigmatism. Which... 
was I don't know why but um I got new glasses a few weeks ago and there's actually I've actually noticed a difference in my depth perception because I've clearly been overcompensating for a long time and not realized it oh so it's like things are more correct now so for like the, f the first two weeks of having the glasses like my head hurt because I was like my brain was could not get around the fact that it wasn't having like one of my eyes wasn't having to kind of squint and turn or whatever so it's like the opposite of Goku training in like the high gravity yes <laughs> so yeah my my knuckles and my wrists and my forearms and my fingers are are showing some pretty nice burns because the thing I seem to notice it most is in cooking I think we all do that from time to time I've though. just like, we, I've we gone mix... through like three weeks of burnt knuckles and fingers See, I think we all go through that from time there where our depth perception is just fucked and you go to pick up a book and punch it off the shelf or something. You go to pick up a book and punch yourself in the face. <laughs> Again, like a Pokemon being confused. Like, did he say punch myself in the face? I think he said punch myself in the face. I was once at a wedding and I went to hug a fellow guest and accidentally knocked a pint of beer all over the father of the bride. You are just, you're just a delighted formal event. <laughs> it's like the time that I dropped a gravy covered knife on top of a bride. You were there for that. that was so you're Octodad is what you're telling me. <laughs> you're, you're basically Octodad. You weren't working the day that I spilled a whole tray of hot soup all over my own boobs, though. I mean, I've... that was a, that was another day in the life of Caroline as a waitress. Odd spin on the wet t-shirt contest. Can't really say I get the appeal, but that's true for many things. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think leaking potato soup on a hungover 17-year-old is, is, is the look that people are going Spanish. for. We you know? all know it. True. True. Perhaps not. Do you know what I find really interesting? This is actually true. Is it relevant? <laughs> it is, actually. So, a lot of, um, a lot of reviews... Um, and a lot of articles and, and people will um, refer to loads and loads and loads of movies as being claustrophobic. Do you, do you like have a recollection of this? No. Oh, like seriously. It's, um, it's a thing. And I remember, you know, I've seen this in reviews of movies. And it's a very cla it's a claustrophobic thriller. Oh, no, yes, I have heard that. Then, like, it... it... I always read that as, like, it grabs your attention and fucking keeps it. Well, I think it depends on the film, because the way I've always understood it is that you can't get away from it. Mm -hmm. And I get that with some horror movies. You know, some, some horror movies, it's like, I am on this hell train and I can't get off it and I just want to leave, but I can't and the things are happening right in front of me and I hate it. You see, I described The Collector as a claustrophobic film. Mm. I would um, I would have described The Strangers as a claustrophobic film back in the day. Both taking place in one house with no obvious way out. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... I, I, it's never occurred to me that that could actually be about claustrophobia. I know how stupid a thing that says. That I know how stupid that sounds, but... 
No, it's not something I ever really considered, but I understand yeah. what you mean now. It's like, yeah, like I was, um, I, I only recently rewatched The Collector. Fantastic film, by the way. Yeah, it's one of your faves, isn't it? I love it. Um, and the whole thing, but it's like, you don't notice just how, I guess, claustrophobic it is until there's a part where the guy actually does get outside. And yeah. of course, like, you know, it's bucking it down with rain and you can like see him like breathing like in the fresh air and everything this is maybe like an hour into the film when he's been in this house avoiding this one guy in this house successfully and that it's when he gets outside and you're like, like I think I remember myself watching it for the first time and I took a deep breath oh. because I realized I had been breathing quite shallowly for the past hour yeah, it's it's when some when a film really is like that and you're oh it's not a nice feeling that's probably the closest I've ever got to claustrophobia actually a claustrophobic movie but do you know if you type in claustrophobia movie to the Google machine I will do that now let me boot up Firefox let's say boot up open Firefox. Let me boot up the computation machine. I am Ada Lovelace, and I can I programmed it. Oh, you get a bunch of claustrophobic movies. Yeah, but also, have you noticed how many films are actually just called claustrophobia? There have been twelve thousand movies called claustrophobia. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like one every other year. My notes actually say there are twelve million movies named claustrophobia. 12 million? 12 million, precisely. I counted. So you say you've been working since the area. <laughs> Interestingly enough, this What to Watch, because I just typed in claustrophobia movie and I've gotten a list of claustrophobic movies and one, one of the 12 million, apparently, that is just called claustrophobia. There is a movie, which is second on the list for me, which I wanted to discuss, and this is a movie that I myself could feel. I... Because of my, I don't have claustrophobia. I just get very panicky when I can't move my elbows. It's not a fear. It's just something I, my body just doesn't know how to handle. Mm -hmm. um, the Descent. Yes. I was just about to talk about The Descent. Yeah, that is a properly. That is, that, that's a, for those of you who haven't seen it, Tobin Bell, the man who played, who famously played Jigsaw, fucking legend of an actor. Describes it as one of the scariest films he's ever seen. Yeah, it is. It is not. It is about a bunch of spelunkers, which is just a great word. Let's all just appreciate that spelunker, spelunking. You know, great word. And spelunky is quite a fun, if not incredibly fucking frustrating game, but. It's like, and they like crawl into tight spaces, and I, I don't know if it's in the first one of those sequels. Some of those tight spaces are underwater, and it, it's like going on, like mm -hmm. going into the, what looks like a puddle, and then they just keep going down. They're like, okay, there's a tunnel under here. I can feel it. Let's go, and just, <gasps> and they go, and they crawl through like narrow as fuck tunnels while underwater, and I'm just sitting there thinking, fuck everything about that. I, like, I, yeah. It's, fuck that. Oh god, so uh, actually even thinking about it, it's just so unpleasant. <laughs> See, now to you, and you consider claustrophobia to be an alien concept, even that 
freaks you out. Yeah. Yeah, it, it absolutely freaks. I, I, I'm going, oh, no, I don't like it. Oh, no, I don't like it. There is a part in Blair Witch, the one that came out, I want to say, four or five years ago. That was a sort of pseudo-sequel to the original. Not a half-bad watch, I will say. Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, there is a part where like a woman is stuck in like a building, and the only way out is through the cellar door, which does lead to an underground thing. And there is a point where she is crawling, and she is unable to move her elbows. So she's like basically completely prone and having to sort of wiggle her way through in the hopes that she'll get back. And that's a part I had to turn my head around and like not look at for. And I remember mentioning this to a friend of mine at the time, being like, because that part was in the trailer, like showing her like completely cramped up trying to make her way through this like space that was only just slightly bigger than she was mm-hmm. and I was like I'm probably not going to see it in the cinema because just seeing that it fucking terrifies me like and he was like well it's not the point it's a horror film and you <laughs> love horror films which I do absolutely <laughs> if that wasn't obvious I love how someone's like uh Eddie that's the point <laughs> it's like that's the point it's supposed to scare you it's like no no, no this isn't like horror movie fear this is I can't watch that it's like me watching people getting their throats slit. Yes, it's that. Cannot do it. Pulls me right out of the enjoyment. I'm like, was that fucking necessary? That does sort of bring me into a question that I wanted to ask you in regards to this. Would you consider claustrophobia to be in link with taphophobia? Maybe if I knew what taphophobia was. The fear of being buried alive. Yes. No. Interesting. Because a lot of people, you know, obviously, like, you look at your claustrophobic movies, and one of the first ones is that Buried film with Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah, that's um, what reminded me of it. Which I haven't seen, but I it's on my list to watch, and I just have to get around it. Um, I'll watch it after I finally re-watch Afterlife with Christina Ricci and Liam Neeson. Ah, yes. That was a good film. That film I have talked about solidly for 10 years since we watched it yeah. and have never been able to get it because it's not on any streaming services um, that's not a claustrophobic film I just love the film um, anybody wants to talk to me about that film all day, I'm here for all day I love it on one very slight tangent if you are also a fan of horror films I have noticed that because it's October Shudder has been releasing a lot of new stuff and a lot of them look like gems which I'm definitely yeah, going to be checking out I'm actually so going to renew for this month I'm going to get Shudder again I keep seeing trailers for like the new stuff they're releasing this month and it all looks yeah, it so all good. looks pretty, have you seen the thing about the anthology series, like the mortuary stories or something Yes, I've seen the trailer for that, but I only, I stopped halfway through because I don't want any of the scares to be ruined for me. Yeah, well, I didn't really see any scares in the trailer. Maybe I saw a different trailer. It looked like there were a few. But anyway, um, I'm not sure because being buried alive, in the same way as um, quicksand, right? They were both things that I thought would be a lot more of a real problem when I was a child. Quicksand and the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, like I really thought that, you know, the, the Bermuda Triangle was going to be a real problem. Um, I'm being buried alive. And now we could do literally an entire episode on Tophophobia. Am I saying that right? Tophophobia. Tophophobia. Fear of the River Taff. Um <laughs> Well, you know. Um, I don't know if it's... I, I'm sure... 
obviously people who are claustrophobic would not want to be buried alive, but I'm obviously scared of being buried alive because I'm a, you know, seeing human. Um, but I'm not claustrophobic. So I'm I'm gonna be cremated because fuck even risking that. <laughs> no, I'm like bury me in a little pod with a sapling, and then put me in like a big field with lots of other sapling corpses, and we will create a forest, and it will be beautiful instead of something covered in headstones, and grim and putting all those nasty chemicals back into the earth. I want to you know be a purveyor of a haunted tree. And this, my child, we call El Bosque de los Muertos. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, What's your point? Right. Well, just uh, since we're going to be apparently talking about taphophobia as well, I, I say apparently as though I'm annoyed by it, even though I'm the one who brought it up. Well, apparently. Um, just, just for the sake of it, it comes from, uh, the etymology comes from the word Greek word taphos, which literally means grave. So you're telling me the river Taff is the Grave River. Okay. I couldn't even fucking tell you. Would you like me to look it up? No. I'm sure it's linked to something actually in Welsh. Funnily I enough. Would I would imagine so. Mm. Mm. So, it literally is fear of the grave. Yes. I guess I guess it could be like broken down to like fear of of like personally experiencing the grave true well i mean we've all heard those stories about the the people back in the day who were in comas uh, yeah. and you know woke up and eventually through the years they've ended up being uh disinterred and stuff and there have been scratches on the lid of their coffin and that's horrific disinterred is that, is that a real word because if so i love it much better than exempt I feel like it's not a real word, but I'm going to go for it. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, fuck it. From now on, I'm going to say disinterred. Yes. That's much better. That's like, exhumed is such a dumb word. Disinterred is great. I had to turn the lights on on the keyboard. <laughs> the gin started kicking in. First world problems. Um, no, it's not that. I'm in quite a dark... Oh, actually, no, it is a word. To disinter is to dig up. I like it. This was intended specifically for like a body, but disinter is to dig up anything. Well, I'm actually it. It literally says here disinter. Verb dig up something that has been buried, especially a corpse. Oh fucking hell! Okay, so, disinter is now going to replace exhumed in my vocabulary. Thank I don't you, like Cass, the word exhumed. I don't know why. I just think disinterred is better. I didn't know it was a real word, but hey. Well, it's like when the Spanish word for uh, funeral would literally translate as an internment. Yeah. In tierra. I mean, that's what it is. Mm -hmm. You put the person in the hole. Hopefully dead. Hopefully dead. Um, it's like the idea of a safety coffin. I am fascinated by that kind of Victorian obsession with, the bell. with death. Yeah. There'd be mm. a bell and then there were some that had um, little tubes for oxygen. And it's funny, we were talking about Father Ted before we started recording. The episode where the, the older priest dies and Ted goes to visit them and the the coffin is like state-of-the-art coffin and it's got a fax machine in it. 
<laughs> oh yeah. And it's like, yes, sorry I to did. hear you're dead. <laughs> yes, I remember that. <laughs> Do you know that's like the third time I've sw- I've talked about Father Ted today. I think I need to go and watch some Father Ted when we're done. You're just being very Irish today. I maybe I am. I I don't know. I've I've spent my day listening to ghost stories, drinking tea, and looking at the rain outside. So yes, actually yes. I think it's interesting that you um bring up the whole like I thought that you're know, being buried alive was a bigger issue in my <laughs> ironically life than it is, and I, I actually specifically remember being so terrified of the concept when I was younger that I uh, was like researching in the school library once like to see if I could find any text on how to bite off your own tongue because I was like if I woke up buried alive I would just immediately find any method of suicide that was handy Jesus Christ yep because at the first like whatever I was getting at the thought of like well I'll just hold my breath like like, suffocated and passed out and or died and then I like it was pointed out to me it's like well no because like your body would like kick in and be like no breathe you fucking idiot and so I was, and then I, I I can't remember how, but I came across the idea of biting off your own tongue and bleeding to death. And I was like, oh, cool. I'll see if there are any like books on this shit. And that is how Ed got banned from every library in Northern Ireland. Yeah, front desk people refused to make eye contact with me. It was weird. It was either that or the pornography on the computers. Please. They never found that. <laughs> it was it was you uploading your own to the computers, you know. Let me not let me not get this wrong, guys. Um, are we are we going to continue our streak of mentioning OnlyFans in every single cut? Well, I mean, we haven't yet. So, uh, Ed's OnlyFans is uh, OnlyFans.com forward slash um, Foxy Twunk. Foxy <laughs> Twunk. Yo, fuck it. I'm I'm copyrighting that shit right now. <laughs> Maybe Marvel needs a new superhero. I don't fucking. <laughs> the Foxy Talk is here to save the day and potentially have sex with you. <laughs> Buy my nudes. <laughs> Buy my nudes, guys. No furries involved. You would totally, totally, totally get loads of like misdirected furries go. Yeah, well, hopefully they wouldn't be too disappointed. Well, I mean, you're, what? <laughs> 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 Whoa, this is a whole other conversation. Yeah, not I'm judging at all. By the way, I'm funny. I, I have friends who are furries. I do not judge it at all. Hey. I'm not one, but I do not judge it. No, no judging. You do what you want to do as long as everyone's happy and everyone consents. I don't give a fuck. Honestly, I think I judge you fucking straights more than I judge furries. Hey, fuck you. No, that's the point. <sighs> Look. You walked right into that. Look. Just because I'm in a loving, monogamous relationship with a man. Sounds claustrophobic. It's it's really not. It's like the most freeing thing. Um, does not mean... I don't know where I'm going with this sentence. Anyway. <laughs> Next week, we'll talk about heterophobia. <laughs> Fear of the streets. Fear of two things being the same. Sorry, fear of two, two things, things being, being different. different. I was like, no, no, dude. That's homophobia. 
Ah, shut up. I was distracted by beer. Beer, beer good. Beer, beer, beer friend. And as this conversation dwindles to being heterophobic slurs and me swinging my aux cable for my headphones around my head because it makes a pretty noise, I feel like we should call it a day. (laughs) Remember when I mentioned that by the end of this episode, Kaz would probably be pissed? (laughs) How much do you think we managed to stay on topic this time? Well, out of roughly 49 minutes, I'm going to say 9 minutes. Ah, fuck it. This is episode 5. You listeners out there know you what you're getting. You know what you're getting by now. Oh, uh, well, uh, join us in two weeks when we'll be talking about whatever the fuck I decide we're going to be talking about, since it's my turn and I haven't decided yet. Yeah, and if you have any suggestions, give us a shout on... Uh... <laughs> Is that spelled how it sounds, or? <laughs> Give us a shout. Dear God. On phobiaphobiapodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we're on Twitter at, at podcastphobia, and you can find us on Facebook and just phobiaphobia. Yeah, I was going to like jump in and do that myself, but I thought it would be far more hilarious to let you just keep attempting it because apparently that was hilarious <laughs> i just i just had this moment where i was like do you know what it is i've been um typing Drinking work emails gin? no i've been typing work emails all day and i nearly said my work email address <laughs> hey do you want to confuse caroline's bosses <laughs> no those poor people have to listen to me on a daily basis. They they are confused enough. <coughs> right. Goodbye, good people. Godspeed. <laughs> See you in a couple speed. Of weeks. Enjoy your gins. <laughs> bye. Fuckity bye.